Hi, welcome to the Noisy Golfer. This is episode 11 uh, already of our podcast, which is now available on YouTube, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts and more. Um, and we're delighted to introduce our next guest, who is Kai Menai Davis. Kai, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Very good. Um, fantastic to have you on the show. I know that this sort of continues um, a theme as regards to the podcasts have gone with regards to sort of inclusivity and accessibility in golf and growing the game. Um, but for those that don't know who you are, um, if you could give us a, an introduction, your background, your, your, your journey into golf, uh, and then hopefully that the conversation can, can develop from there. Yeah, of course. So um, obviously, uh, my name is Hi, um, it's a lot easier. The first three letters in the whole long name. It's uh, easy, to, <laughs> easy to keep it that short. Um, so yeah, we, um, I'm one of the founders of the Gold Trust. So myself and Frank Harrington, we set uh, set the charity up nine years ago. We're coming to our tenth year. Um, primarily, its goal was to to get into the community and engage um, disabled participants and create a pathway. And um, since we started nine years ago, that's flourished into something that we never thought would be as big and and moving as quick as it has, not just in the UK, but internationally uh, as well. Um, it's no secret. I think most people in golf may recognise my surname. Um, my family, um, my dad, my mum, they built the Shire London Golf Club in London. Uh, okay. So Seve's only in the UK. Um, so golf's in my in my, um, in my my DNA, so the, the, the whole operations of it. So as a family, um, my mum, my dad, myself, my brother, we've, um, we work in the, in the industry, so we build, operate and, and run golf courses. Um, but the Golf Trust got set up nine years ago uh, out of uh, sort of when you find your way, do you know what I mean? So my dad wasn't very well and um, one thing led to another and uh, ended up starting to have an idea, well, what can I do? Saw a, a, a lad at a petrol, take, a petrol station with his dad who had Down syndrome and just okay. sitting there watching the interaction between yeah, the two. Just yeah. If my dad don't recover, if he don't, how is he going to be? What can, it, what can we do together? And golf gave us everything. Um, yeah. So I thought, well, done a bit of digging, made one phone call um, to an organisation and their words were, listen, son, even if you saw 5,000 people, you couldn't help. Yeah. Hang that phone up quickly. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and literally, I was just battered out straight away. And then yeah. we managed to find a couple of organisations, so Special Olympics and uh, Disabled Golf Association. All we wanted to do was an event, which was like a Texas scramble, where we had... Uh, members of a golf club, uh, members from Special Olympics and play and golfers with a physical disability playing together in a team just to showcase the possible. Yeah, and, yeah. Then uh, that literally was it. And it, it sort of snowballed from there into something that, uh, that yeah, we're, we're today, we're all across the UK. We've got projects in the Caribbean. We've got projects starting in Africa as well. So it's um, it's evolving all the time because it's a unique, unique area of what we do. We don't really operate golf clubs. Golf clubs run themselves. Yeah, um, yeah. The key, those people who never get the opportunity to play golf, see golf, access golf, and, and understand the benefits that we know golf can bring. Yeah. That's where we operate. That's our modus operandi. We we want to go in and get people active, get people talking, make families healthier. Um, those are our goals. And if you achieve those goals, you're going to get golfers. Yeah, so it's yeah. sort of flipping how we look at it. Amazing. So, so in terms, of, I mean, it's obviously a fascinating story, and obviously one that's, um, you know, a, a, you know, a great example of, um, you know, some of the great work that's going on, you know, behind the scenes. I suppose because you know, I, I know to many, it's it's not something that I'll be too familiar with. T typically, what sort of age ranges do you 
uh, are involved in the uh, uh, of the people that are involved in uh, the golf trust? Uh, three to hundred and three. Oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so we all, we start as young as three years of age. Um, yeah. So we've got participants um, with very early diagnosis of ASD and autism. Yeah. Um, come through our doors, just simple sort of things, as rolling, throwing, catching, just little fu functional movements that yeah, we start yeah. operating with the families and just give them some ideas rather than just specific golf. Yeah. Um, and then all the way up to our care home dementia projects, which are, which are going really successfully and growing as well. So thus going into sort of um, your residential care homes, engaging the residents. So the generation that raised us, no one really engages with, especially during yeah, COVID yeah. now. The isolated are more isolated, the inactive are more active. There's a fear and a stigma to going outside now. So yeah. we need to go, we need to engage these people. Um, my grandparents passed and there's a, one one who's doing all right. But yeah. now if they were in a home, who's going to go and see them? Um, if I can't get in there to see them, who's going to engage? Who's going to talk to them? We can yeah. rely on the care staff, but in terms of the physical activity, we need to keep them engaged and keep them active to keep them healthy. Yeah. Amazing. So, I mean, so I don't, I mean, there's just so many questions that, that have come from that really, because it's, it's, no, exactly, it's, yeah. no it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's absolutely fascinating. So, so you, you said obviously you're, you're across the UK, where, where predominantly you're headquartered at the moment? So we're, we're based, our office is in London, um, yeah. so in London. And then we, what, the way we operate is um, we have little pods around the UK. So as a charity, um, we're not as fortunate as some of the other golf organisations that have millions of pounds. Yeah. Um, so we operate on hand to mouth. So grant funding is what drives us. So okay. six months to year funding packages. Uh, at the minute, we're in London. Uh, we're in the northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, Midlands. Yeah. Um, we're doing a little bit of Wales early next year. We've done some in Scotland before in terms of advisory work as well. So okay. we're, we're everywhere. Um, and the way we operate is we work with sessional staff, so sessional coaches. So it could be you're in, you're in Liverpool and yeah. um, we will have a network of coaches in Liverpool and then we'll send them around. So the project starts at Southport and Ormskirk Spinal Unit. Yeah. We'll find coaches in the area. We have our coaches and we send them into the community and spread out that way. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So what are, what are the plans to grow beyond? I mean, obviously, you've already mentioned that you're across the UK, you're in the Caribbean as well. Uh, what, yeah. what, 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 I suppose, um, where, where does it where does it continue? Where's the, where, the, where are the next phases of that journey? So we've got an exciting project. We're just putting, we've just put the proposal forward to go to Kenya. Um, okay. So they've got an elite pathway out there um, for golf. But again, for those who aren't fortunate to, to play golf and have parents who play golf to get them into it, yeah. Uh, we need to engage the disabled community more. We need to, uh, to those on lower socio-economic boundary back, backgrounds, yeah. engage that community and create that pathway into the golf environment, but also a healthier lifestyle as well. Yeah. So um, in terms of delivery, that's where we're aiming. In the UK, um, just enhancing our, our network and our growth, really. So yeah. going, into, going more into the community, engaging more staff, seeking a corporate sponsor to give us the, the sort of sustainability to have two, three, four, five-year programmes yeah, rather than yeah. six months one year and okay. then keeping keeping cycle moving that's the hardest bit is yeah. those six month cycles need to be two year cycles so projects then become more robust it comes easier to plan um, yeah. and then at the minute the work will always happen because we've got a great team but yeah. the grey hairs need to stop coming through as quick as they do at the minute every six months when you, when you look yeah. at the, the funding the funding's coming to an end the reporting happens you're looking for the next bit to, to, con, to continue and grow so it's yeah uh, yeah always always trying to get keep moving 
Amazing. I think one, one of the things that came up when we did a podcast with Andy Little, who uh, is the founder of the Little Golfers, um, sort of his journey into the, you know, building what he's grew now is it was was on the back of really the um, uh, the London Olympics. And I think what yeah. was quite interesting there is he talked about that once, you know, there was obviously an importance about legacy and that once, you know, once the Olympics had been and gone, that funding had sort of stopped. So it's it's interesting. It's an interesting point that you make there where ultimately it needs that continued cycle to not only obviously continue that growth, but also sustain the work that's already been delivered to that point. Yeah, that, and that's the key. I mean, without saying it too crassly, I mean, what does the general golfer care about a guy with a disability in the community? Because he's yeah. not going to generate much much funds into their golf club. So yeah, yeah. from a business perspective, what, what, does, what funds does disabled golf who are never going to join, some of the guys we teach will never join a golf club, some yeah, of the members yeah. selfishly will go, why? What's the point? Like, what yeah. do I get out of it? Whereas they don't look at, we flip it around. We look at the good it brings. Every disabled person will have a network of a family and friends that will then also come to the golf club. They'll eat food, they'll buy drinks, they'll have lessons, they may get into golf, they may join in long term as well. So there's a network yeah. bigger just just working in that community there as yeah. well. Uh, in terms of funding, it's... It's the horrible question every time you have a conversation with someone says so the, the word is a how is it funded how is it paid for yeah. um we shouldn't be still having this question now but unfortunately we always do mm. because there's this we we keep the big thing at the minute is equality and diversity inclusion all these words keep being banded around yeah yet uh, at, at some point something's got to be done there, there's great work happening in the community um, yeah. every day by a lot of people um, and we're fortunate enough to be one of the largest of the kind doing it um, but it's just elevating it to the world elevated to a status now delivery is key um, yeah yeah and the world the world is changing from strategy to delivery and I think yeah. you'll see in the next two three years organizations like ourselves will be coming to the front yeah. because of the, the outcome it brings all the time and that that seems to be the positive changes happening yeah I think it's it's interesting you say that because I think that um, again, just sort of thinking back to the the other podcast that we did. Um, are you familiar with Ellie Perks? Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So she, she's obviously prominent in her field, and she's doing amazing some amazing work already. And I think that one of the one of the topics that we also covered as well was accessibility at golf courses themselves. Um, and it, it it's almost like it takes somebody with first hand experience within that organisation that setup to to have an appreciation of it. And without that, yeah. it's almost like they need to be, like you say, it's hand to mouth. It's like we need to we need to give you that information to tell you exactly the importance of why it is, as opposed to it really being reverse engineered and proactively seeking to, you know, to, to provide and well to uh, to increase accessibility and inclusivity. Well, we're, we're, it's weird. So we're in an industry where we've got say I don't know if golf clubs around in in England is it six hundred seven hundred in the UK or something. They're all independent businesses. So it's not like the FA in football where yeah. it come from the top. Every yeah. golf club is an independent business. Every golf club has to earn a profit to continue. Of course. So when we look at it like that, how can everyone influence those ind individual independent businesses? Yeah. Uh, there's no yeah. difference from down your high street. You've got clothes shops, restaurants, all that sort of stuff. You can't walk into McDonald's and tell them to serve, to serve Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. It just don't happen. Do you yeah. know what I mean, so when you go to a golf club, you can't force them to do it. They've got to want to do it, see the benefit, and engage. So Absolutely. out of every ten golf clubs, you might find two that are willing to work with you. Yeah. The other right yeah. have a couple board, or they don't. Yeah. We can't stress about the ones who don't want to move at the times. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like 
golf coaches. Good coaches. You'll find you'll find with your with your kids. Good golf coaches, bad golf coaches. You can't change the, the, the bad ones to a good one. You yeah. just got to keep with the good ones. Don't worry about the bad ones. Yeah. And that's that's the only way we're going to grow. Is focus more on those hubs and make yeah. those hubs to be highlighted. Say this is the, this is the model. This is what works. You need good coaches. You need good facilities. You need welcoming atmospheres. Yeah. Dress code. I can't be bubbled that conversation here every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You go into a golf course. As long as you're smart, you're not offending anyone. What's the problem? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Those yeah, sort of yeah. things will bring income, will bring revenue. Um, yeah. And also, a bit of goodwill goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. No, no, absolutely. I think that, that one, again, you, you know, some of one of the things that, that, that keeps cropping up in the conversation is it's sort of the conservative history of, of golf and that, you know, there is a there is still an element of that, but I think that it, it, there's also a lot of a lot of you know evidence to suggest that things are changing as well. Probably not as fast as what people might would you know might want them to, but at least there is a, a slight shift towards you know whether it. I know it, it sounds as simple as wearing a hoodie on a golf course, but it's a conversation that might not might have not been had ten to fifteen years ago. Is it enough? Probably not, but at least we're I'll, slowly I'll starting to see that shift. I'll throw a question your way. Yeah. Okay. Why was the hoodie debate only at Wentworth? Why was it not when Rory oh, it's McElroy PR. Only... Yeah, yeah, P- PR, 100%. Three yeah. Before, three years before, they were yeah. wearing it in the Open. They were wearing it in America. They were wearing yeah. it in tournaments. They are yeah. wearing it. I think they wore it at they might have President's Cup. They might have worn it. It's a bit of clothing. But exactly. when, they come to, when they came to England, why was, that, why, was it, why was there an argument? Why was there an insult that he wore a hoodie? Yeah. That he can wear it in America. They can wear it all over the world. They can wear it in the Open. Yeah, but come to Wentworth and they can't wear a hoodie. Exactly. Why was there that argument? And the, that's it was almost like it was. Oh, with I hate to say it, you get the old down with the kids and all that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. See, you see all that being funny. You could see it was cringe what yeah. some of them were saying, and you sort of going, "It's a bit of clothing, mate. Yeah. Chill out." <laughs> exactly. Uh, how can they start saying wearing a hoodie is inclusive? Yeah, it's clothing. Yeah, like it has, it's an inanimate object. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. It's like saying my my water bottle's inclusive. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's a bit of clothing. The more we highlight these negative stories, the more negative press it brings. Okay, that's never, an, yeah, it's, it's pick, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting viewpoint. That. It's, yeah, no, exactly. So, in in effect, what you're saying is that it, 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 whilst it has been to the forefront, it didn't need to be. And I agree, I agree wholeheartedly with what you've said. But I think, yeah. if anything, it probably whilst it seems things are shifting it, if anything, it probably confirms what, you know, c- confirms the attitudes that people have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is that week, that week at Wentworth, you had lads down from the Special Olympics meeting, meeting Padre Carrington getting an amazing experience. Yeah. That wasn't yeah. in the press. That didn't yeah. get out there. Okay. Uh, they, it's, there's, there's good news stories all around, but golf seems to have this habit of dragging into a bad news. Let's make a furore, get some publicity. Yeah. And there's some amazing, amazing stories that happen in the game, but we only hear about the negatives. Absolutely. Um, it's almost like that's sort of what golf is now, is we can have the most successful stories, the most amazing inspirational stories, yeah. but one, one negative crops up and that has to get a headline or someone's offended by what someone's wearing. Like yeah. Ricky, Fowler, Ricky Fowler, when he wore the high tops. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're traditional, they're not this, they're not that. It's a pair of shoes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it shouldn't be the conversation. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And, and I think from our point of view, that's what, we, you know, you know, as, as we were saying just before we started recording is, is we're trying to amplify the good work that people are doing. Because I think that there is still, you, you know, you know what, 
can imagine I, I can't imagine the time it takes to to, to do, do the thing the amazing work that you do but at the same time in terms of the promotional aspect of that to bring that to the forefront I mean that's that's a job in itself isn't it I think it's it, I got told once it's ugly news yeah wow it's true you look at some of our these two you look at some of our posts yeah like I'll tag in the big names in there yeah. I never get a re I never get a repost yeah I think do I have to weigh in some cash to get a post or something yeah, like, yeah. Why, why are these why are our good news these stories they're not good news stories they're inspirational stories yeah. about equality diversity and inclusion why are they not shared yeah is it because on the payroll oh how, listen i don't know why listen i could say i i don't know is it why, why i see things get posted all the time i'm thinking oh come on really that's not and you like we're doing all this work we're putting it out there we're tagging it out there we're thinking we just need not it's not about needing a break because we know the results we do get the results yeah right? yeah so all we do is we keep sending out the sending that post sending that pictures sending out videos and rather than hoping a celebrity sees it we want to get the guy indoors who needs to see it that's us that's my oh, win. no a hundred percent yeah my win it, is the guy who messaged me goes my sister's seen this i want to get playing golf we had a guy who saw a post his sister saw it he had a spinal stroke and within three weeks, we've got him playing golf in the Paragolf for standing up. That, yeah. to me, is better than getting a 1,000 retweets. Yeah, but yeah. Then you saw on the flip side, you go, if I get a 1,000 retweets, how many people like this am I going to be able to access? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because everyone has disability close to them. No matter yeah. what we say, I guarantee you'll know people who have got disabled children, disabled adults, yeah. who struggle for accessibility. Do you know what I mean? Everyone yeah. knows someone. And it's just making sure we get to those people to to make sure we can provide the opportunity. And it's 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 hard because you look at you, you get frustrated on one hand, but then you know what you're doing is good on the other hand. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I'm just I'm just um, I'm just glad Jade's not on this call because I know that she's a massive massive advocate of this. And this is really this is to be honest, this isn't a path that we expected the podcasts to go on. Uh, but I think that naturally as the conversations evolved, I think what we have found is that we've become a lot more. Uh, aware and, and educated in, in respect of um, the amazing work that people are doing but it's it's in the shadows instead of like you say a hoodie can be brought to the forefront of the conversation because it's you know hip yeah. and trendy etc but where, where is the you know where's the prominence and, and the sort of the promotion of the work that people like yourself are doing through your own organization exactly and I, I meeting yesterday got new clubs starting all the time we've got new projects starting new yeah. sites kicking off new staff coming on board new people looking to do good and it is the message is getting out there yeah yeah it's one of those things we want it to happen quicker um yeah. and sometimes people go oh, if you go too quick you lose control yeah i think we're at a stage now where especially post pandemic i say post pandemic we're still in it are we in it i ain't got a clue <laughs> yeah <laughs> sort of post-ish yeah, uh, yeah. Post people there's gonna be the, our target market um and sorry to put it in business terms, mm. but our target market needs to be accessed. Yeah. Um, we need to make sure they come out of this pandemic with a goal to become healthier, get re-engaged into society. Uh, there's going to be lots of families with autistic children who will be have children scared to go outside. Yeah. Um, they'll, they'll be fearful of where can we go that's a safe space. Yeah. Um, this goes across the board. Um, and we need to make sure that we, we promote golf that Golf is a safe space. Um, whether yeah. it happens in the school hall, whether it happens in the, in the park, driving range, golf course, golf to its bare bones is hitting a ball to a target. 
doesn't yeah. matter where it is. That's the key. It doesn't matter where it is. It can be on a beach. It can be on a playground. It can be on a tennis court. We need to engage and get people active. Um, if we get members of golf clubs, we get people onto the course. Brilliant. If we don't, we've got people active and it's yeah. in the community. It's sustained. So that's our, our need now. We need to... I generally don't do podcasts. As yeah. you see, I don't... Through the Golf Trust, you don't see my face really attached to anything. Um, it's always about the stories and the people we promote, we see. We believe... Of course that sharing the goodwill and sharing the good news stories and the positive outcomes yeah. um, is enough to drive, is to drive where we go. Um, and it's only lately where people have gone, oh, Kai, you need to spread the message more. You need to put your face out there. And I'm always worried about saying something that's going to get me in trouble as well. So um, it's, but it's the, we've got to do it now. We've got to get the word out that we're here. Uh, we're not going anywhere. We're only going to grow. Um, yeah. And we are the biggest of our kind. Um, no one's doing the, the scale of what we're doing in the yeah. community um, it's just a case of if you know anyone don't be afraid to pick up the phone because we can and will help and yeah. it's literally as simple as that we can and we will help literally anyone get a better outcome using golf yeah no absolutely I, th I think the one thing that, that's come from this conversation is your, your passion and energy into this it's uh... <laughs> but also I think is it fair to say yeah <laughs> <But> is, it, <laughs> is, it, is it also fair to say there's a slight bit of frustration in that in, in terms of the conversation around it because it's it's clear the work you're doing is having an impact in and you know and those inspirational stories are happening um but there's also a sense that it's not being you know i think it's very important we've already covered this but I, I, worth emphasizing that is it this is a conversation that really needs to be put in the spotlight as opposed to in the background yeah yeah have you... um, go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's there's it, it's passion, there's frustration, and it's being careful that um, we know the we know where we need to be. Yeah. To elevate ourselves, not elevate us, to yeah. elevate the network. So yeah. We know we're, and we're working towards that. We're yeah. working. There's good conversations happening um, to to really work together to. To, to elevate us um, and elevate us to a, to a position where we all work together. And yeah. that's, those conversations are happening. You'd love them to happen overnight, happen overnight, but these things take time. Um, to, to move a big tanker takes more than one turn at a wheel. So of course. we are working towards that. Um, but for me, it's, it's alien. People talking about equality and inclusivity because I've been brought up in it. Um, I'm a city boy, as you can tell by my accent. Um, and I'm brought up on... The only reason my dad built a golf course was because a golf course refused to let him join. Um, yeah. We set about building the most inclusive, open golf courses to everyone. We have no committee. We have no captains. We don't believe in that. Yeah. Um, we believe that everyone is equal. When they come through the door, everyone's treated as one person. Our only rule is come and enjoy yourself, but don't ruin anyone else's enjoyment. That's the yeah. only rule. Yeah. And for us, we're diverse. We're multicultural. The average age of our, of our consumer is 37 to 42. So okay. we have a very diverse audience. Um, yeah. And our businesses reflect our community. We're brought up in, we're in North London. Um, we shouldn't be middle-aged, middle-class white golfers. And we're not. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, are so, we are literally probably the most diverse, inclusive golf course that is out there. Um, yeah. And people come here and they love the place. And then when they come here, they see the Golf Trust. What's nice is having the Shire is we can use it as a sounding board for all our projects. So where we've got West London as well, 
we pilot our projects here so we know they work so yeah. with disability we weren't going to go pick up the phone and go right we're going to go to xyz golf course how can i with no case study with no okay um, yeah yeah proof. so by doing it here we do all our training here we basically show it works yeah and when people say well how do you know it works well we've done it here it's tried it's tested so it's almost like you've got your own laboratory to, okay. to, try, and do, to try and do things which is really good yeah but, but yeah but that's at the end of the day, there's still golf courses we go to and people look down and nose at you uh, just because of the way you talk. Um, yeah. It's one of those things that people just do. I mean, I've got a tattoo on my forearm um, and people look at you funny, but they don't know the story behind your tattoo. Yeah, they, yeah. Judge you, they judge you for no reason just because you've got a tattoo on your forearm. Regardless of how personal it is, they just judge you. And you're like, yeah. why? Like, this end of the day, it's up there and what's in there that matters. And in Exactly. There, so... It's their passion is this, yeah, it's drive. It's just, yeah. I say, it's extremely driven because, listen, you, you've got kids. When your kid hit that born for the first time, how big was your smile, let alone your kid's smile? Oh, to me, yeah, the, the pride I get, you know, it's there's, there's nothing like it. And I think this is the thing yeah, with golfers. You, you that, smiling now. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm immediately thinking about it. And I, you know, I think nothing of sharing all the videos and things I've got with Isaac and, and even Leo now as well. Um, and it, it, it's it's amazing. Like we go onto golf courses now, and I'm watching other people watch Isaac play a tee shot, and 99% of the time he's he's bombing. And it's just an amazing feeling to see other people's reaction to my boy, you know, playing playing like that. I think there's something very unique and inspiring about golf, regardless of of ability or age. It's just an appreciation of what is, you know, the ability to play what is a very hard game. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, um, if you think that, and you've always been told your kid can't do it. Yeah, kids exactly. Not, kids not allowed. Yeah. Uh, and then as a parent, you've never played golf, for example. How yeah. do you know golf is accessible? The, the biggest thing is convincing parents to disabled children sometimes. Yeah. That golf is there. We can go. Thanks. The kids, the kids got the innocence of youth sometimes. Yeah. And that's beautiful. But when you've got to convince the parent as well, that sometimes not is a challenge, um, because that's when the stigma, that's when the perception becomes the issue. It's, yes. Yeah parent that golf is an accessible sport yeah because um, if they've never played 85 i'll say 80 percent, 90 percent of people play golf because their parents play golf a hundred percent yeah we, we, we've had this conversation many times where you know in isaac's school i'm confident that he's the only golfer there and that's on the back that i've introduced him to it um yeah. you know whilst his school is brilliant he's, he started to do jujitsu and hockey and basketball and all of these things that you wouldn't ordinarily have time to or even access to be able to go and do certainly if you're not things I know about because it's introduced into the school that's whet his appetite to want to learn more about it and engage in it and I think that certainly Jade and I have uh, it is something that we're pursuing in terms of finding ways to introduce that within you know within schools at a much earlier age and I think about my own background and entry into golf is it was probably about the age of 10 or 11 just as I was entering into high school Um, and even still there was there was limited you know there was limited sort of um, the promotion of the game then um, and I think this is the thing is that once you can get them into it at such an early age, it's with them for life, whether they flip in and out, flip in and out of it, it's there, you know, you've, you've built up the, the fundamentals to enjoy it at whatever stage of your life. Um, but the earlier that's done, the better. And I just, you know, we feel strongly that it's not done early enough, certainly, in, certainly within schools in our local area. Um, but I think it's the conversations we've had are rolled out. I think that's sort of ubiquitous across the UK. It's not, you know, it's not just yeah. restricted to where we live. No, I think, I think we missed the trick. When they went golf, there's a few countries around the world that we've done some research that 
they build their sporting school curriculum off the Olympics. Yeah. So yeah, Olympics, yeah. For me, growing up, the Olympics was the epitome. Either I wanted to be the best triple jumper, what Jonathan Edwards. I wanted to be, yeah, the best yeah. Jumper, Colin Jackson. Then yeah. javelin, Steve Backley, uh, yeah. Roger Black, the four hundred meters. You, yeah. you and Thomas, you can reel them off. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Somewhere along the way, the Olympics lost its value after twenty twelve. We had twenty twelve. Like, yeah. Oh, we've done it now. Yeah. Whereas when golf went into the Olympics, I think we missed a trick. That should yeah. have been when golf went on the curriculum. Hundred percent. Yeah. You look at I think I think it's in Asia or the Far East. I, I, I might be wrong, but I know some countries they structured their sporting school off the Olympics. Yeah. And yeah. When golf went in, that should have been an opportunity to put it on the calendar. Yeah. Um, you got the Golf Foundation doing junior golf. They do great things in schools, so they should they can access schools can access that and do that as well yeah um, and then golf in the paralympics to me i don't know if it's going to happen or not um i'm torn um I'm not, i won't give you an answer whether it should or it shouldn't uh i'm torn because i think what it can do for the elite of the game is brilliant yeah but sometimes because of the disability golf isn't as easy well, I think I think that I think this is the thing. Yeah, when you look at when you look at sports such as swimming and running, you know, sports that just I say just require movement. There's obviously a, a high degree of training that goes into both. Yeah. Um, you, you know, f fundamentally, there's no equipment. You're you, you're just using your body. But I think when you bring other things into it, I think that's arguably where it might become a little bit more um, difficult to means test, I suppose, based on ability. Yeah. And, and also, what, what, it's meant to be inspirational. It's meant to look at, it's, for me, it's meant to look right. I see a geezer doing 100 meters in nine seconds. I want to try and do it. I want to try yeah. and run as fast as I can, run and run and run and run and run. Yeah. But I think when you've got golf and you've got, um, who won it this year? Morikawa? Won it, who won? Or Xander Shoffley won it? Or like uh, Xander Shoffley won the Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he won on 22. Now, if you're putting the Paris against it on the same course and some of the spinal injury, isn't going to get within 40 shots. I know that sounds horrible. It might not yeah. be, listen, my numbers might be wrong, but if it doesn't look like the competitive nature is, 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 is there's parity, yeah. does that do as much harm as it does do good? Very interesting and, conversation, yeah. One of the arguments that got brought to me was yeah. someone said, well, Kai, if it goes in there and it doesn't look like someone with a disability compete to the same standard, and don't know, there's some amazing, amazing, amazing disabled golfers out there. Kip, yeah. what he's doing at the minute is unreal but it's when you come down the ladder take out the top 20 is there parity exactly feel, well, well, yes there's inspiration playing the olympics um and i believe it should be in the paris i'll say it it should be in the paris but there's got to be careful classification and yeah. i think that's where the argument or the conversation is happening behind the scenes i hope it is because golf should be in the paris because it's in the olympics well, yeah, I think we actually looked at this before we did uh, our podcast with Ali Perks. And I think that of the seven sports that were introduced into the Olympics this year, and I think there was wall climbing, um, I think was it skateboarding, BMXing, I think there was a few, in, you know, quite, quite urban, you know, urban, urban sports. They, they weren't, none of the seven sports that were included into the, uh, into the Olympics actually made it into the Paralympics because the and this isn't my terminology, this is what was said, is that the level of competition required didn't reach the standard in each of those individual sports, which is a yeah. massive shame because, as you say, it's introducing, you know, especially on the Olympics, it's it's the biggest sporting events of all, probably outside of the World Cup. Um, but you've, you've basically got there a, a platform to, to promote what is 
what could essentially be somebody inspiring somebody else to take up the game. So there's massive yeah. missed opportunities, not just in golf, but across each of those sports as well. 100% agree. 100% agree. Yeah. One of the conversations we have when people, new, new golfers or golfers who've been injured, come back to us, and yeah. the, the hardest things is, if you've never played before, it's easier to say, um, we've got someone who had a motorbike accident. Yeah. Um, they played before, and they play, and they're getting back into it. Yeah. Trying to get the, 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 the mental side of the game to say, golf isn't the same for you now. Um, you're still hitting the ball, you'll hit it shorter, your handicap's going to be higher, but yeah. you can still have the same enjoyment. And you see the frustration on his face. Yeah. <clears throat> he wants to bomb it 280 yards like he'd done before. Yeah. And we're now, the mindset is changing. The mindset's there now, whereas, right, I need to play the game this way now. I need to get my, from 100, 100 yards in, I need to get mustered. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pop my way along. I'm going to got my, use my 28 shots, whatever, whatever I've got. I'm going to score. I'm going to build a score. And that takes time. That yeah. takes time. Because as you said, it's got to be the level of competent ability. Yeah. And yeah. the mindset. And we always get that question is oh, golf's too hard. It's too difficult. Yeah. We always come back. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, absolutely. Got, it just takes it. Yeah, I think there's just that what one shot out of a hundred, it doesn't matter, does it? There's there's always that one. It's just got that very alluring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, exactly. But I think I think you know fundamentally what this conversation's raised is that there's just so much more work that needs to be done to to, to grow um, and inspire more people. You know, regardless of the amazing work that your organisation is doing, I think like you like you rightly say, and I think that just by having this conversation, it's made me think actually, just how much of the how many of these stories do I see on social media? Do I see in the press? Do I see on Sky Sports News and things like that? And the reality is, is not a lot. Um, so there's, a, you know, so there is a lot more that needs to be done to bring this to the forefront. Um, and I'm certain, I'm certain this isn't the, you know, this isn't the end of the conversation. It's what we've we've got a couple of really fascinating pod podcasts lined up, which we'll hopefully um, confirm with you shortly. But these are with people that are within this space and um, and, and can share their journey equally as well. Yeah. So we're, we're really looking forward to having them on board. Um, to, to share that but I think equally it's been it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on as well I think that you know your your energy your drive your passion in what you do is is amazing to see and I think that as you rightly say there's regardless of the work that's being done there's so much more that needs to be done to bring that to the spotlight and um, you, you know we we hope through what we're doing we can try and amplify that message that ultimately that's our aim because we know that there's so much more that needs to be done. Yeah, exactly. And as I said, if, if every if any of this podcast just reach, reach one person, we can help. That's all yeah. that matters to us. Yeah. Because the whole idea of putting it out there and sharing the story and sharing the work is to try and get the confidence for someone to make pick up the phone, write an email, and say, "I want to give it a go." Yeah, um, exactly. That's it. That's it. Someone down a pub on a Friday night saying, "I oh, listen, your son or your daughter, have you heard this? They can help." Yeah. Um, and that's all it is. Um, and when we say help, it, we're trying to give a positive outcome. We're trying to create, um, it could be a positive physical outcome, it could be a positive mental outcome, it could be the yeah. family doing something together. Um, if you've got two kids and one of them's got a disability, you always find there's a lot of families have second sibling syndrome, where yeah. the child with a disability will always go watch the other child, but not vice versa. Yeah, yeah. So we hope that we can try and engage these family units together so everyone learns in one place, the same sport at the same time, because when the coach isn't there, the family are going to be doing it together. Yeah. So as long as we can um, keep moving and keep the phone keeps ringing and the emails keep piling in, yeah. then um, they, were, they were doing the right thing. 
Fantastic. And for those of you watching, we'll include the links of, uh, you know, within the, within the posts. But if you could just uh, prompt people where to go to find further information on the work that you're doing, that'd be amazing. Yeah, of course. So we've got the website, which is uh, thegolftrust.com. Uh, but for like anything now, social media is the key. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just search the Golf Trust. You'll see all our up to date work and that sort of stuff as well. So anything you need, have a little look, drop us a DM and uh, we'll, we'll always uh, do what we can to uh, help get in touch, advise. Whatever we can do, we'll do. Superb, superb. Thank you so much. As I say, we'll, we'll share those links and uh, it'll be shown across our YouTube, Spotify, podcast, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn and everything. So we'll, we'll try and, you know, um, try and help our bit and just to, to give you as, uh, obviously to give our audience as, as many of those um, uh, contact details as possible and hopefully follow and, and share your journey as well. Um, but Kai, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Really, really inspiring yeah. story. Yeah, and, you know, no, absolutely. And I'm, 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 I'm sure this isn't the, the end of the conversation. We'd love to see how this develops from, from our perspective as well. And, um, and and again, just thank you so much for the work that you do. And I know that you've, I'm sure you've made a, a massive impact on many people's lives. And I'm sure that journey will continue. So congratulations yeah. on everything that you're doing in that respect. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And uh, when I'm up your way, I'll drop you a shout. We'll get a game in. See how you're yeah, Definitely, that 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 sounds like a plan. Thank you so much. We've um, we hope that you've in, you've enjoyed this too. Um, we will be breaking down this podcast in a series of segments just to give you some uh, you know, bite-sized information as well. Um, but do give the Golf Trust a follow on um, on all of their social media channels. Do get involved, and if you are looking to also share your journey um, around inclusive inclusivity and accessibility in golf, do give us uh, a shout as well because we'd love to get you on board to continue that conversation. But thank you very much for watching the Noisy Golfer.